Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. Oh, how are you man. doing? How are you doing over there in uh, Austin? Hottest May ever so far. So far, of course we yes. don't. Yeah, we don't know how she'll turn out, but so far, very warm and very humid down here. How about you? It's uh, not that warm. It's sixty-eight. Going to get up to seventy-two. Not much humidity. Little clouds uh, later in the day could have a few thunderstorms. That's about it. So it's pretty good weather. Good. Hey, you know, some some people may be listening to us for the first time, so I'll just do a quick intro if that's okay. Go for it. All right. We are brothers, actual brothers, not mm. in the slang sense of the word. We are blood brothers, same mom, same dad. My name is Jerry. My name is John. Yeah, we talk about four things every Saturday morning on the Bro Show, and this is season uh, 10 of the brochure. We have a six month season. And mm. this is the season of the whale. Okay. Yes. So we talk about four things every Saturday, as I said. One thing is a whale story. You know, next season, season of Tiger. Guess what kind of stories we're going to have? Tiger, tiger stories. stories. I got it. You, I got it. You I are think I figured it out. You, you are correct. We also have a word that we run into in researching our show during the week. And then thirdly, we have a main topic that we may or may not disagree on, but we almost certainly always have a different point of view. And, and guess what else? We have two groaners at the end of every show. These are, these are dad jokes. These are bad jokes. They are whatever. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's it. Hey, so listen, I, I, I was so glad to hear my brother is doing fine. Wait a minute. That's my T-shirt. You're wearing the My Brother's Doing Fine t-shirt so you don't have to answer the question? Yeah. I remember that. I remember when you got that. I can't stand these guys asking me this all the time. Give me a t-shirt. You got your t-shirt. My Brother's Doing so what, Fine. So what, what, tea are, what, what tea are you uh, giving the privilege and honor of wearing? Yeah. What do you have teed up? Yeah, good. Rat. Season of the Rat t-shirt. Oh, so good. One of the... Yeah, it's one of our rare light-colored T-shirts. Yes. Kind of like a pale beige-yellow kind of thing. And it that was the first time we lifted uh, our images off of a U.S. stamp. Remember? Yes. Yeah. 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 We, we cool. also learned that we weren't in, uh, in doing something that violated intellectual uh, property no, law. No, we didn't. No. So we didn't. That's no. good. Yeah. One of the well, few times we didn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. Avoiding jail seems to be a big deal. I don't know. So, yeah. So, three hots and a cot. Man, really. We seem to test the waters when it comes to intellectual property, though. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, in order to uh, intellectual property test, don't you have to be an intellectual to do that? Yeah, maybe that's our out. That's our out clause. That's our out. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that one. That I'm gonna go with that. That sounds good. Hey, who's uh, do we have a sponsor, don't we? Yes, we do. Our sponsor is Save the Whales, nonprofit organization established in 1977 by Mara Sticken Sidenstacker, and uh, it's uh, all about doing good things for whales. Uh, it's met the test of time, been in existence quite a while. 
It's yeah. primarily for education uh, to children. But I think the key to this one that was near and dear to our heart is that its original funding source was the sale of T-shirts. Mm. And uh, sure enough, uh, those T-shirts are still out and about. It's uh, there's a lot of swag on their merchandise on their on their website. But I think that the, the whale T-shirt is at the at the top of the list when it comes to looking good. So that's Ooh. our yeah. So yeah. That's, our, that's our non-profit. Uh, a sponsor and it's uh it, wow. it does the does good things out there in California on the Pacific coast. Sing oh. it, doctor. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, we we have a we have a whale story. Yeah. Now, whale story. This is technicality. Okay, I know. Someone told me, John, I don't know if this is true that you're a nitpicker. Is that true? Yeah, and I'm not I'm not going to get into this with respect to you. I I don't want to argue again about you know the whale story should be about whales, not dolphins. But there's a larger group that the whales and the and the uh, dolphins fit into. There's a, a species that it's a you know, broader species. I forget what it was going to look it up, and I forgot. Cetaceans are they cetaceans? Yes. Or they, yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It. Yeah. So they yeah, fit these, in the these, bad category. Yeah, and I just think of dolphins as very small, a small, nimble whale. Yeah. Right? All right. Well. And, and very often, you know, what goes on with dolphins goes on with whales. You know, they're not that dissimilar. They are toothed uh, animals, the dolphins. But these dolphins are pretty darn smart. Everyone knows they're perky. They're, you know, they like to jump up in the air and do acrobatics. They like to swim next to boats. They will swim with you. They're very social animals. But also, they're very smart, John, very yes. smart. Particularly so, these ones in the Red Sea are real smart. Here's the deal. If you think about it, I guess like two thirds of the of the globe is covered in water or something like that. Yep. So that's a lot of space to explore. Right. So you're a dolphin. You need some help because you've got a head cold or something. Let's say and they don't really right. get head colds, but let's just say they do, and you need to go to the pharmacy and get yourself an antibiotic treatment so this doesn't get out of hand. What do you do? You've got a whole globe full of water, and how are you going to find the pharmacy and all that? They seem to have done it. Where? How? Well, I think the reef, a coral reef, is a good start. And uh, it's kind of interesting that uh, apparently there's some uh, scientists that, uh, that have determined that these uh, porpoises uh, rub against the coral reef, and they don't just do it periodically. They go in groups and then uh, and rub, and they've figured out that there are certain properties that the reef has that, that are helping in terms of healing powers, uh, infection, colds, etc. Who knows what the ailments might be that dolphins have. But in other words, wait a minute, let me see if I got this right. If they have an infection, this mitigates it? Yes. Mitigate. That's a good word. I like it. Okay. Such a deal. Continue. Continue. And I, I, I would. I just decided since we were, we have as our link a, a five-minute uh, video that pretty well tells a story. But I l- looked and found out that there's actually a Red Reef Foundation, uh, the Red oh? Sea Reef Foundation. Yes. Advan- and they are actually looking at some of the properties of the reefs too. 
So if, um, it's, it's kind of interesting that I think this is being handled a couple of different ways. And I was glad to see that, uh, but I think it's important that they, they, they do it in a manner that does not disturb the yeah. ecology that's so important to the dolphins. So let's not screw up things for dolphins just to make things better for ourselves. Let's, let's be good yeah. neighbors. The way I look good at citizens, it. good global yeah. citizens. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Wow. Okay. I, I did not know that. This is news. Hey, <coughs> do we have a word this week? I yes, we do have a word. Salinity. Oh, yeah, we do. In fact, in fact, how can I forget this? My good friend, Sarah Reichelt, down in Queensland, Australia, gave me this word because I was in a quandary. It was my assignment to come up with a word. And, of course, what do I do? I ask my friends for a little help. And she said, she said, well, what's your, what's your whale story? She knows how we roll. She is a, a, a an active non-listener. She doesn't listen to the show, but she talks to me every day for you know, a half hour or so. And we talk about things like the show. So she's very aware of what we're working on. I said, I want a word that takes us from the whale story into our two takes. She goes, Oh, okay. And she thought for a few minutes and she came up with the word salinity. Yes. Now, I thought she said solemnity. She said, no, solemnity. I said, really? What the heck is that? She said, just here, spell it. And she spelled it. It means the quality or condition of being salty. Saltiness. Yeah, I think it's important for this word that we spell it out. S-A-L-I-N-I-T-Y. Because you're right. Like, you like say saline it, all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, Saline yes. solution. Yeah. So, but if you say it and don't do anything more than that, you, all of a sudden you think serenity or something like that, you get it kind of confused. So I think it's important to, you're right. That, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Good word. Well, I think the, yeah. know, the idea that, you know, that these animals are in salt water is important. And not uh, just that, but the trade winds and everything that we rely on, not that we, sail everything but we might someday have to do more sailing but uh, the point is is that the, i didn't even realize that the winds are created by the difference in temperature between the air and the water and also the salinity of the ocean right now why is the salinity of the ocean a big deal because the glaciers in antarctica are melting and there's more fresh water than ever in the ocean so the salinity of the ocean will change over the next decades. So, wow. That's yeah, it is important because animals are going to have to adapt to that. And plant, animals, plant life, four leg, kelp, two leg, no yeah. leg, fins, yeah, gills, lungs, any kind of animal mm-hmm. lives in the, in the ocean is going to have to adapt. And not just that, we're going to have to adapt on land, too. Yep. Either that or, or stop stop melting the glaciers. But right now wow. it's like, yeah. So right now it's like we've got an ice cube and someone's got the, you know their their uh, their hair dryer blown on it, mm-hmm. kind of melting. Such a deal. Well, hey, we, this kind of leads us right into our uh, two takes actually, because uh, this all started with me with. Uh, the background is our topic is adapt and mitigate. In other words, with respect to climate change, there's two approaches or two things that can be that have to or that are going on. And 
I think one of our problems with respect to climate change is quite often we run into the problem that some people don't even think climate change exists. It's even happening. So I read this article uh, by Mona Shira in The Bulwark, uh, and you read it too, Mm, that kind of – it's interesting because she's a moderate Republican, so she's not – says, look, we can argue as much as we want to uh, about climate change, but while we're doing that, Rome is burning. I mean, things are happening, and those things that are happening, we cannot deny. And That's correct. The forefront of that happens to be uh, what can, what's considered sort of ground zero in the U.S. is Miami, Florida. Uh, yeah. Miami, uh, Florida has a variety of uh, – well, first thing we need as we talk about this with two different uh, postures, we can think about climate and how we address it uh, with respect to mitigation or adaptation. Now, mitigation is the one where we say, hey, let's cut down the carbon emissions. And we know that there are all these goals all over the world to reduce these uh, emissions down to to zero eventually. And we're supposed to be making progress in that. But while we're making progress, we have to realize that climate change is happening around us. So we have to adapt to what's going on because we're not going to be able to reduce. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I was so going to say, you know, to some, is, something, something's happening around us. People disagree whether it's climate change or not, but something is happening, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think forest fires, so, uh, you know, hurricanes, uh, temperature increase, uh, sea, sea yeah. level rise, all that good stuff. So what we have to do is we have to figure out ways to adapt to that as we are also. So we're basically trying to solve a problem, but also at the same time, let's deal with being able to adapt to what's happening. And whether you want whatever you want to call it, a forest fire is a forest fire, uh, rising sea level, higher temperatures. You can't deny these things. Nope. So Miami is a really good place to look at with respect to this because it's got so many of the factors that create uh, these conditions. It's got high temperatures, a lot of rain. It's got hurricane. It's got sea level. It's only six feet above the average in sea level. What? Close to the ocean. Yeah. It's got a 40% floodplain. It's got a lot of stuff here, and it's happening as we speak. Saltwater intrusion, and in fact, our word salinity is an important factor that they're constantly testing their their water because their aquifer, the Biscayne Aquifer, that's the large source of fresh water for Miami, is relatively close to the sea, pretty Mm. close. It's not very far down in the ground. And they're constantly mm. testing it to make sure that it doesn't have salt water or salinity is, a, is, is the test yeah. that they do. They test the salinity yeah. for it. So, uh, and I think what's really kind of interesting about Miami is that they, uh, they've kind of realized what, that they need to address this now. And uh, although they haven't, they, they, they keep that in mind with everything that they do in terms of whether it be housing, whether it be infrastructure, so all these factors. So uh, they've done a lot of work to, first thing, make sure that they make very informed decisions. It's They make data-driven decisions. They mm. make sure that they, uh, that they think about the infrastructure. And they want to have government coordination because, let's face it, Miami's maybe where the problem is the worst, but it's all over uh, yeah, the metropolitan area of Miami. It's also a, a big problem for South Florida because – if salt water gets into the uh, Everglades, for example, the ecology and everything about southern Florida is, is subject to change. 
So, yeah, that's what I kind of like about. And they believe in continuing education and and community involvement. So keeping their uh, citizens informed. And as much as really what's done, I mean, some of the things are pretty obvious, uh, you know, maybe building roads a little higher, seawalls, et cetera. Um, they, it's, it's important that they, they just keep on top of it. And so we'll see, you know, how it, it all works out. But there's another thing that was happening this week that makes it kind of our topic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, uh, Aspen Ideas. The Aspen Institute has, uh, does this thing called Aspen Ideas in which they, what they do is they try to bring together the, the, the best experts in with a problem and bring them all together. And they decided that the place to do that would be Miami Beach, which is right there near my yeah. by Miami. And so they brought together this week uh, about 275 of the best people all over the world to discuss climate change and what it, various cities are doing, what uh, you know, what countries are doing, uh, what technology, all kinds of different things going on. I think to get a sense of the importance of this conference is to just take a look at the, the, the headline speaker was Nancy Pelosi, the, you know, speaker of the house. Not so much what she said, because actually there's a, there, unfortunately there seems to be a little bit of a political element to this. Yeah. Uh, and, and she kind of, you know, used the opportunity to dance on the Republicans. But I think the more important thing is to show that it is con- being considered a very serious, uh, confab of individuals that have been brought together. And, uh, so yeah, it, it's, it's, they, they're going to go around, take a look at seeing what Miami's doing. But some of the ideas, I think one of the things I got of just the, the general atmosphere of the whole thing was pretty positive. You know, one of the things we run into a problem with that we, that's going to happen is happening probably is, uh, as these different disasters are taking place is that people have a tendency to, to have anxiety about them. So yeah, they freak out. They, they freak out. They, they, they freak, freak out. out. And, and we don't know necessarily that behavior might not be directly related. It could be just a general anxiety that can create all kinds of problems. So That's one right. of the things that adaptation does is it shows that things are being done now rather than saying, well, sometime in the future, we hope to have this problem resolved. Well, let's do something now. Let's let's get together and yeah. get the work going is sort of the uh, the attitude that went on. And so. It had sort of a positive spin looking through the agenda, reading, uh, watching a few of the videos. And even when you think about when it comes to education, they had Al Roker, who's a, you know, national weather uh, uh, meteorologist who's on TV all the time, emphasizing the importance of education. So when we do weather, when weathermen all over the country do weather, they need to not, you know, you know, pray, you know, to act like they're, it's gospel or they're, beating people over the head with it, but they need to introduce somewhat uh, the, the fact of the, some of these, these factors and some of the issues. So, so I thought overall it was, it was pretty good. Um, so yeah. they finished up and, um, and I'm just going to give you an example and this yeah, will kind yeah, of segue yeah. into your, into to what you want to discuss another city. And that is that the first day, Miami decided to, they were going to basically concentrate on the specific thing that they're doing right now. And that is they are, you know, a tourist town and part of their tourist industry lies in cabin, you know, uh, the, the cruisers that come in with respect to, you know, doing the, uh, the, 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 the cruise uh, trips, these cruise ships. 
And what they've been doing is they've been just sitting, waiting, you know, for them to be loaded, unloaded, this and that, and basically emitting carbon into the atmosphere. And they decided, you know what, let's let's just let them hang there with using electricity. And as simple as it might seem, it's a start. Mm. And I think we've learned also that what we need to do is we need to, and this is something I'm near and dear to my heart, and that is solve problems at a city level and have cities interact and learn from each other, best best practices. And this is a good example of that. And I think you have one with respect to another city. That city is Oslo, Norway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In September of 2019, a dozen workers started work on a construction site that was going to be the first zero emission construction site. Wow. Mm, yeah. So they're building a building without using any petroleum products for the machinery. It's entirely driven by electricity. Ah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're doing things like breaking up the street to make room to dig. And what do they do it with? Electric stuff. Jeez. No. Yeah, no, kind of BS that usually, <laughs> you like that? I thought it was pretty Yeah, good. I like that. That was, I like the sound effects. I, they're good. Yeah. Yeah, there's no charge for those. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> they, they did this whole thing and it had an immediate effect. Number one, I don't think people realize how much, uh, emissions there are when you build a building. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you believe, listen to this, John, this project avoided 100,000 kilograms of carbon dioxide emissions. Yeah. Pretty impressive project. That's it. So, you know, this is a good example of something and plus noise. You know, you could actually sit down in a cafe a, a half a block away. And, and and sip your your espresso and have a croissant and not suffer hearing damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's, oh, I, oh, there's a ton of stuff that's just under the surface that no one thinks about or talks about that's there. Yeah, know? it's interesting with buildings. You think, well, let's make the build, let's make the building green, but while making the building, let's be green. How about that? Right? <laughs> that's that's yeah. it, you know. Yeah. It's obvious, but it it's not so obvious. Not so obvious. You know, building is something that's going on constantly. In other words, you know, uh, have we run out of room? That's one thing. No. But old buildings need to be torn down and replaced with new buildings. So. Yeah. yeah. Are we oh, going to tear them down? Let's, let's use electricity to do the job. That's That's what I got. That's Oslo. And they're what are they? They're they're mitigating the effects yes. of climate change, right? They're mitigating, and that's what you know. As that's the key is to always think about the mitigation as you are, you know, maybe doing the adaptation. They, some parts yeah. of this can have to be done, you know, uh, sort of concurrently. So this comes under the umbrella of you can walk and chew gum at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try it, that. You know, yeah, and don't forget, chewing gum can lose its flavor on the bedpost overnight. 
Wow, this is you. You're yeah. really you're, you're yeah. bringing out the best quotes out there. That's for sure as it relates to this. I know, so good. I'm coming in, so good. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. <laughs> speaking of hot, speaking of hot, I think we need a couple groaners. Yes, we do, and our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., uh, commonly referred to as the coach. The coach, and we've got a couple of real doozies here. I decided to kind of maybe take the weather route since we've kind of touched oh. base with that with the climate. So here we go. Why is winter the worst time of year for a wedding? Why is winter the worst time of year for a wedding? Because the bride or groom could get cold feet. Are you reading this off of? You've got to no. be kidding me. No, no. That's exactly the answer. What? That's it. Wow. Oh, that's scary. Well, someday, this is the, someday. Yeah, someday. And I thought nicely. I thought that was going to be the difficult one. What? This is this to well, me was going to be Mission Impossible. Okay, I'm going to give I, you another one. Hold on, I got a secret. I have a secret method, and someday I will share it with you on the show. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's legal. It's legal. That. It's legal. Okay. Uh, you it's should, legal. You should get a patent or a copyright for that. That, by the way. Okay, wow. here's the second one. Yeah. What game do you play during a tornado? What? And I'll give you a little hint. What board game do you play? Board might be the wrong word for it, but it's it's a game. It's well known. Floor. What play it on the floor? Twister. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> man, you are the man. Oh, coming in hot. I told you. I warned you. You did. You just you just yeah. took those quotes and just wrote it yeah. right into the answers of uh, the groaners. You're the man. We, That's a I deal. think I should I should quit while I'm ahead. I yeah, think. we'd better both quit while we're ahead. 